Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy. And this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at Podcasts. PCRcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Champion 
world You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody You are now. You're gonna have to serve somebody. No more hanging back against the wall. You gotta join the dance. You may be a businessman or some high degree. There are two Americas. There's one America with its heart filled with mercy and brother and sisterhood. And there's another America that's a jungle. For animals of prey prowl around, kill weaker things, and take all their resources. Which America are you on? You're gonna have to choose. You're gonna have to serve somebody. You may be rich or poor, you may be blind or lame, maybe living in another country. Under another name, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Maybe a construction worker working on a home. Might be living in a mansion. You might live in a dome. You may own guns and you may even own tanks. You may be somebody's landlord. You may even own banks. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve yes, somebody. you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Good morning, mutineers. We're live now, the Labor and Love Show. I will remind you of how it is. You gotta serve somebody, that's first. Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair. It may be somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Might like to wear cotton, might like to wear silk, might like to drink whiskey, might like to drink milk. Might like to eat caviar, you might like to eat bread. Maybe sleeping on the floor, sleeping in a king size bed, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you are. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Bobby, or you may call me Zimmy, you may call me RJ, 
for the moment, let's celebrate our blues. Let's say we don't support the people who were elected and their policies. Let's say there are things we do support. Just for a minute, let's be sad about the America that could have been. Okay, well, you get the idea. Beautiful uh, guitar song by uh, Peter Green. Uh, when Fleetwood Mac was Fleetwood Mac. Wake up. It's a beautiful morning in the Mission District. It's foggy. It's en enveloping. Not so wet. You know, come on, get your coffee, get your tea, get whatever you drink, have a seat, and we'll work the morning shift together. This is the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan.
Here's something to wake you up. Okay, that was to uh, give you a wake-up just as a fresh and modern and contemporary sounding as it did in the early 1940s. Summit Ridge Drive from Artie Shaw and his Gramercy Five. And before that... We had the albatross. Of course, the albatross is the bird of the bad luck and the blues and uh, being cursed. 
So a lot of people still feel that way. Uh, I think they feel sold out by Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party. Um, at least the big money wing of it. Uh, she lost now due to her misjudgment and that of her advisors and uh, due to her uh, arrogant dismissal of Bernie Sanders and his very substantial movement. Couldn't she have put him on as her vice president? That would have been a good ticket. Instead, she picked Pence, who... No, not Pence. I, see, I can't even remember his name. Okay, this is the B. One second, please. Okay, this is the B. Still the B. <clears throat> um, and we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio, our arts community arts center here in the heart of the Mission District. The show is Labor and Love, the show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. I got some other ones, too, like no root, no fruit. No root, meaning if we don't educate our young people about the labor movement and about working class social justice movements, we don't have a future as a viable uh, institution in the United States. Uh, the other one is get rid of the millionaire or the billionaire and you'll get rid of the bum. It, it's capitalist uh, doctrine. Okay, it's capitalist doctrine that Finance is a no, it's a zero-sum game. If someone gets that money, finance, if someone gets that money, they took it from somebody. And if you look around and you see the results reading the world, you see the rich with all the money and getting more, and you see the great many workers and working poor, <clears throat> who have nothing, literally, you know? Um, maybe a few creature comforts. So read the world. Look around. How did some people get to be rich, and how did others get to be so broke, down, poor? And before that, we had uh, Bob Dylan... And as I uh, commented over the music, you're going to have to serve somebody now, okay? You're going to have to be on one side or the other. 
we all need to ask ourselves, what are we going to do to combat the growth of fascism in the United States? Everybody needs to answer that. Everybody needs, that. that's one of the things now that you have to try to figure out beside all the other stuff. Okay, let's uh, meet our new Secretary of Labor, and you'll never guess who it is. It's Carl's Jr. It's Carl's Jr., believe it or not. This is Democracy Now. Let's see if we can get this on. when we need to hook up there. Okay, here we go. Oh, no. Picked a fast food CEO to become the next Secretary of Labor. Andrew Puzder is head of the company that franchises the fast food outlets Hardee's and Carl's Jr. He's a longtime Republican donor who's been a vocal critic of raising the minimum wage, the fight for 15, expansion of overtime pay, paid sick leave, and the Affordable Care Act. Senator Elizabeth Warren criticized Puzder's nomination, saying, quote, Andrew Puzder looks down on working people. At Hardee's and Carl's Jr., he got rich squeezing frontline workers on wages, overtime and benefits, unquote. In 2012, Andrew Puzder made $4.4 million, nearly 300 times more than the average food worker. According to one count, 60 percent of restaurants in Puzder's fast food chain had wage violations. This is Andrew Puzder appearing on Fox Business last year, talking about the Fight for 15 campaign. If your objective is to bolster and support the unions, and you're not all that concerned about whether young people will have entry-level jobs, then you should be protesting in favor of a $15 minimum wage. And I think most people are concerned about young people in this country, and fewer people are concerned about big labor. Labor Secretary nominee Andrew Puzder has also spoken in favor of having robots replace workers at fast food restaurants. In an interview with Business Insider, Puzder said robots are, quote, always polite, they always upsell, they never take a vacation, they never show up late, there's never a slip and fall or an age, sex or race discrimination case. Well, Christine Owens of the National Employment Law Project said, quote, based on Mr. Puzder's own comments, it's hard to think of anyone less suited for the job of lifting up America's forgotten workers, as Trump had campaigned on, than Puzder. Well, Puzder is a longtime Republican activist. In the 80s, he served as chair of then-Missouri governor and future attorney general John Ashcroft's task force for mothers and unborn children. According to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Puzder helped draft a Missouri law banning most abortions at public facilities and requiring doctors to test the viability of fetuses starting at 20 weeks. The Riverfront Times of St. Louis also reports Puzder was accused of abusing his former wife multiple times. In one incident in 1986, his former wife said Puzder, quote, attacked me, choked me, threw me to the floor, hit me in the head, pushed his knee into my chest, twisted my arm and dragged me on the floor, threw me against a wall, tried to stop my call to 911 and kicked me in the back, unquote. 
Puzder has also faced criticism for airing sexist TV ads showing scantily clad models dressed in bikinis and lingerie eating hamburgers from his restaurants. Last year, he defended the ad, saying, quote, I like our ads. I like beautiful women eating burgers and bikinis. I think it's very American. Well, to talk more about the nomination of Andrew Puzder as Labor Secretary, we're joined by Labor Leader Mary Kay Henry, president of SEIU, the Service Employees International Union, which represents over 2 million workers. Welcome to Democracy Now!, Mary Kay Henry. Your thoughts on the Labor Secretary designee. Thanks, Amy. Uh, it, I think, reflects how out of touch Donald Trump is with the vast majority of working people in this country. We're dealing with the worst uh, economic, racial, and gender inequality of our time. And Andrew Puzder, as you just so uh, clearly made the case, uh, represents a corporate race to the bottom that doesn't treat the value of work and the dignity of the people doing work, even in his own restaurants. And I have to say, when I heard that he was the nominee, it made me think about the first time the current Secretary of Labor, Tom Perez, welcomed the fight for 15 and union leadership into his office, because he wanted to hear about the lives of people that were fearless enough to actually decide to make what was such a bodacious demand four years ago for $15 in a union. And our current labor secretary, every time those leaders take action in the streets, applauds them through email, speeches, and Twitter. And we couldn't have a more extreme contrast uh, in labor secretaries from the current Tom Perez and this nomination that Donald Trump has insulted uh, every American worker by making. <clears throat> so, talk about exactly what the job of the labor secretary is and what kind of impact um, Andrew Puzder's uh, position would have. Well, the labor secretary's mission is to stand up for um, American working people. and oversee the administration of wage and hour division, which makes sure that when you work for a living, you get paid for the hours. Um, Andrew Pudster's uh, restaurants have been fined in California alone $20 million for wage and hour violations, where somebody's cheated in their check and is able to go to the Labor Department to get um, get redress for that. Um, the other thing the Labor Department does is encourage uh, earning more money, raising wages in this country, which Tom Perez has done valiantly with individual employers, um, making the case about how, when you work hard for a living, you ought to be able to feed your family and have your kids get ahead. And he's done that in every sector of the economy. He's convened. Uh, the labor movement. He's convened American business owners to try and find common ground, because he— Okay, that's— uh... That's um, Mary Kay Henry, president of SEIU, a big and important union. There's something else here that— uh... So we know who Andrew Puzder is, right? Um, here's the same lady talking, part of the same interview, except she's talking about why she she's glad that she 
endorsed Hillary Clinton, even though a lot of her membership wanted Bernie Sanders. She's kind of unclear about it, but uh, let's listen. Henry, your union, SEAU, also faced criticism for endorsing Hillary Clinton in November 2015, even though many labor activists saw Bernie Sanders as the candidate with a stronger record on labor issues, an early backer, for example, of the Fight for 15 movement, while Clinton faced criticism for his time, her time serving on the board of Walmart. Do you think SEIU made a mistake in endorsing Clinton so early on in the campaign? No. Our home care and child care workers met with her the summer before. Um, we knew that this was a leader who was going to advocate for women's work, finally becoming living wage work in the care sector. And she united with our vision that the 64 million people uh, living and working more than full-time in poverty uh, deserved a shot at becoming the next American middle class. But given the kind of, well, reflections people are making right now, was the right candidate put forward, um, especially as you talk about going forward? Is there any uh, kind of critical self-reflection that your union is doing? Well, we're doing critical self-reflection on every aspect of our work in the two years leading up to uh, the November election. Uh, the thing that we're really digging into, Amy, is how do we project an economic agenda in this country where we are not uh, divided by race and gender? And the key question that we're digging into is that, because we think it's what's required for— Okay. You see, she kind of dodges the issue. Um, Hillary, yeah. Hillary did this and that, but she lost, and that means— a whole lot, a whole lot that she lost, and I'm not getting my uh, piano. Huh? Have to figure that out. Okay, so that's the election uh, stuff, and again, we repeat. You know, the working class was waiting for someone to come and appeal to them. I mean, people are still out there working for low wages, and they're struggling. Okay, people who before didn't have to struggle, and that's the selfish aspect of it. These people are such that they have the power to put in somebody who represents their interest. The way they voted. They think he represents their interest. I don't think he does, but then neither did Hillary Clinton. Not really. Uh, she was a darling of Wall Street. Of course, so's Trump. So what's your choice? You know, I I uh, commiserate with those people who had a hard time voting for Hillary. <clears throat> okay, well, I hope uh, it's worth it to you. Hmm? Okay, to saddle us with this guy, you know, this. How about the win week? This is uh, Workers International News.
Workers' Independent News We Can Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. In a major insult to working America, especially working people who voted for him, Donald Trump has chosen fast food CEO Andy Puzder as U.S. Labor Secretary. The National Employment Law Project says it's a sucker punch to the gut of workers. NELP's Christine Owens says it's hard to think of anyone less suited for the job of lifting up America's forgotten workers than Puzder. Owens says he's against raising the minimum wage, threatens to replace restaurant workers with machines, and opposes rules that protect workers. While the Fight for 15 workers movement has each other's backs, Owens says Puzder has his fellow CEOs' backs, even if it breaks the backs of those at the bottom. By federal statute, the purpose of the Labor Department is to foster, promote, and develop the welfare of the wage earners of the U.S. to improve their working conditions and to advance their opportunities. Puzder is against all of that. On Wednesday, National Nurses United joined other activists and U.S. Senators and other supporters of Medicare and Social Security to demand hands off those programs, no cuts. They presented a petition to that effect. Martha Cool is an RN and Secretary Treasurer of National Nurses United. The petition has over one million signatures on it, demanding that Trump, Ryan, and Mitch McConnell keep their hands off of our Medicare and our Social Security benefits. Medicare and Social Security are very popular programs, and prior attempts to undo them, privatize them, take them away, have met with great resistance, and this is part of that resistance. 312 IAM. MAW members in St. Louis have been told by the GKN company that their jobs are going to a non-union Alabama plant, but they don't know when. Steve McDermott is president, directing business agent for IAWAW District 837 in St. Louis. I'm going to try to find everything I can to keep them from leaving, but I don't know if that's going to be possible. McDermott says that working people are in for a very rough time with anti-worker Republicans taking over government, but a strong resistance will be mounted. We'll be fighting until the last breath. Chuck Jones, president of United Steelworkers Local 1999 at the Carrier Plant in Indianapolis, says Trump, quote, lied his ass off, end quote, about saving carrier jobs from being sent to Mexico. Jones says while it is true that some jobs were saved, hundreds more jobs from carrier are still going to Mexico. And carrier's parent company is getting $7 million in tax credits from Indiana to add insult to injury to the people of Indiana. People got false hopes that they were going to keep their jobs, and when, it, when all the smoke cleared, 730 of our members are keeping jobs, 550 aren't going to have a job. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. got to do. Okay, we've been blue. We thought about it. We figured out why we lost. We're figuring that out and what we're going to do to approach the problem so we can win. We who are the true majority. This is what you do. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Broken glass, everything. 
everywhere. People pissing on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far. Cause a man with the tow truck repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails. Used to be a fag hag, such a dash to tango. Skipped the life and dango. Was her gone prince to seem to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell her stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so diddy. She had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. My brother's doing fast on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much. It's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. Neon King Kong standing on my back. Can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me. Call, I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Got a job, learn to be a street sweeper. I dance to the beat, shut for my feet, wear a shirt and tie, and run with the creeps. Cause it's all about money, ain't a damn thing funny. You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey. They pushed that girl in front of the train, took her to the doctor, sold her arm on the game. Stabbed that man right in his heart. Gave him a transplant for a brand new start. I can't walk through the park, cause it's crazy after dark. Keep my hand on my gun, cause they got me on the run. I feel like an outlaw, broke my last glass jaw. Hear them say, you want some more? Living on a seesaw. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Grandmaster Flash with a message. So what do you do when you're confronted 
First, you figure out what you're doing. Figure out what's happening to you, like Grandmaster Flash just did. And then, you fight the power. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight. Everybody see, 
Fight the Power with uh, Public Enemy uh, and Chuck D. We'll, we'll get, maybe we'll get some more of uh, them later on with Prophets of Rage. I want to play now the World Labor Report that tells about labor actions all over the world and uh, radio labor. And if you're surprised, well, okay, be surprised. But all over the world, everywhere people work, there are labor actions happening. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor special report recorded on Friday, December 9th, 2016. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, international labor calls for more jobs for women by building care economies. A major conference of rail and road transport workers plans global organizing campaigns. How a corporation is undermining public education in the developing world. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. The international labor movement says more jobs for women can be created if caring economies are developed. Radio Labor senior correspondent Seamarie Ainsborough has a report. A report by the United Nations International Labor Organization shows that women are falling behind in their struggle for equality in the world of work. The report, entitled Women at Work, Trends 2016, examined 178 countries. It concluded that, at the global level, the employment gender gap closed by only 0.6% since 1995. This is despite a significant rise in the number of women graduating from higher education. The report also points out that women work longer hours per day in both paid and unpaid work. On average, women work at least two and a half times more in unpaid household and care work than men. The ILO report confirmed that women around the world still earn on average 77% of what men earn. The wage gap, according to the report, is related directly to the undervaluation of work done by women and the average wages in female-dominated sectors or occupations. Other factors contributing to the wage gap is the need for women to take career breaks and to take on additional responsibilities, such as childcare or elder care. The loss of income women experience adds up to poverty in old age, according to the report. Women earn 10% less in pensions than men when both national and employment-based pension plans are considered. According to the International Trade Union Confederation, the key to getting more women into paid employment is to build a care economy. The ITUC is the organization which represents national labor centers at the world level. Sharon Burrow is the ITUC's general secretary. Investing in the care economy, 2% of GDP, part of that social protection floor, you can actually invest 
in the jobs that will free women to participate in the, in the uh, labour market, that will actually engage women in jobs in care, that will actually enable women to be freed from the oppression of private care, where it's actually been taken into the home and is so much, in terms of domestic work, a symbol of oppression. 2% in seven countries, you get 21 million jobs, formal jobs. That's worth having. More than 170 delegates from 84 unions around the world are participating in a conference of road and rail transport workers in Brussels, December 5th to 9th. The conference is organized by the International Transport Workers Federation. The ITF represents more than 5 million workers who are members of unions operating in 145 countries. The conference is being used as an opportunity to discuss how road and transport workers around the world can work work together to support their bargaining and organizing campaigns. One of the unions attending the conference in Brussels is the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. The union has 1.4 million members in the United States and Canada. It has been using the conference to highlight its campaign to organize employees of XPO Logistics, which is one of the world's largest providers of transportation and logistics services. James Hoffa is the general president of the Teamsters Union, known as the Teamsters. We're here uh, meeting with the ITF and our colleagues from the United States, from the UK, from France, and from all over uh, Europe to talk about the problem of organizing XBO. XBO has become basically a company that is everywhere and basically exploiting workers. And we're trying to devise a strategy. We're getting tremendous input, uh, collective input, as to how we should address this problem and how we should go about organizing them and fighting the threat that they have to workers. Uh, we're basically saying, we can do this together, and we're going to keep the pressure on this company. We're already organizing them in the United States. We've been very successful in organizing five and six locations, some warehouses, some trucking operations, but it's only the beginning, and we can do it collectively if we have the support of all of our colleagues across the world. As governments around the world implement austerity measures, many of them are turning to for-profit companies to provide education. In the United States, for example, the push is on to create so-called for-profit charter schools. In the developing world, profit-making educational initiatives are being implemented by a corporation called Bridge International Academies. The company operates in countries such as India, Kenya, and Uganda. On November 4th, the company was told by the Supreme Court in Uganda to shut its 60 operations in the country because it did not follow the country's educational guidelines. I talked to Angelo Gavrilatos about Bridge International Academies. Mr. Gavrilatos is a projects director for Education International, the global union for teachers and other education workers. I asked him about the company and how it was funded. Bridge International Academies is one of the more aggressive actors in the space of for-profit private education in the world and as you said in your introduction they are currently operating in Kenya, uh, Nigeria, India and until recently Uganda. They uh, receive support from significant actors, not least of which is the World Bank, uh, the UK's Department for International Development, the global edu business Pearson, and billionaires such as Facebook's uh, Zuckerberg and Bill Gates. So they receive some considerable support from significant institutions and individuals globally. How does Bridge International Academies operate? What does it do? 
Well, their business plan, their business model, if you like, is predicated upon the employment of unqualified staff in the main high school graduates. They teach a highly scripted curriculum, which is read in some instances word for word by their teaching staff, and uh, their curriculum is not is generally not approved by the authorities, and they deliver this in very very poor facilities. So it's a business plan aimed at, at maximising profit, whilst undermining the right of every child to, to quality education. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Star correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,500 stories our volunteers collected last week. Our top stories section included links to news about the attacks on a local union leader by U.S. President-elect Trump, a huge victory for brewery workers in Australia, and the recent wave of insurgent labour activism in China. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Rice mill workers in Pakistan were striking for a living wage. Kenyan nurses were facing dismissal for striking after their employer reneged on a wage agreement, while doctors escalated their wage dispute into a full-blown walkout. Judicial workers in Malawi were supported by judges as they downed tools in a dispute over working conditions. Venezuelan steel workers ended their strike with a victory last week. Casual day labor workers in India passed the 100-day mark in their walkout as they continued their demands for regularization, while in New Delhi, ambulance workers also walked for the same reason. Libyan airport workers struck after they had not been paid for months. Cleaners at a Spanish airport caused chaos when they bumped up their wage dispute. And Sri Lankan dockers stopped work to protest the outsourcing of their jobs. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the continuing push for domestic violence leave in Australia and in Canada, working conditions in women-majority workplaces in Burma, and the release of a new film about the lives of garment workers in India. The Health and Safety Newswire, rerun in cooperation with Hazards magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the safety issues behind a strike at a plastics factory in Burma, union demands that forced a change in the helicopters used to transport offshore oil workers in Norway, and a protest over working conditions so sexist that they had physical effects on workers at a lingerie shop in Australia. Currently, Labour Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labour Start, reporting for Radio Labour. And that's it. International labour news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labour. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
medicine corporation government selling me some cover-up weaponizing pesticides poisoning my groceries nothing but another drug a license they can buy and sell no i don't mind dying
Your mind lies in the devil's workshop Evil doings your thrill And trouble and mischief is all you live for You know done well And that you go to hell You go to hell So you're living high and mighty Rich off the fat of the land Just don't dispose of your natural soul Cause you know who done well That you'll go to hell That you'll go to hell Where you pay for your sins Hell, keep your children from wrongdoing Cause you know who done well That they'll go to hell They'll go to hell I say hell, man and woman created Hell, to live for eternity an apple they ate from the tree of hate so you know who done well that they went to hell they went to hell now Satan was an angel in heaven but he stood My skin is not a 
football for you my head is not a football for you my body's not a football for you my womb is not a football for you my heart is not a football for you I'm not no animal in the zoo This animal will jump up and eat you I'm not no animal in the zoo And I've every intention Of leaping up and getting you La 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 That was Sinead O'Connor. <clears throat> Sinead O'Connor saying that uh, my womb isn't a football for you. It's not a political football for you to throw around and agree with or disagree with. It's her life. Sinead O'Connor. And then uh, the one before that was... Nina Simone with, at her gospel best. <coughs> Go to hell. I love the touch of gospel. Uh, at the beginning of that of that song. And uh, then we had uh, Buffy St. Marie with power in the blood. Power that was expressed this last week. As the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers canceled their plans to dig under a lake and put a, a, an oil pipeline under a lake. Everybody knows how much oil pipelines leak. How could anyone propose that? And they were out there. They were going to do it with their dogs and their you know, local people. The people in Bismarck voted against having it come through their city So, uh, and you heard the World Labor Report, the uh, issue of schools called in the, uh, the Bridge International Academies. Our schools are privatized for-profit schools. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do if a kid just doesn't get it? He's not being a good worker. He's not producing. The point against charters and especially for-profit charters is that the, um, the question of charters and, and uh, for-profit charters comes down to making money. Of course charters 
try to weed out kids who score low on tests. Of course, they serve an inordinate uh, minimum of kids who have behavior problems. They can pick and choose. Uh, and any, anyway, that's, that's one to follow there about that corporation. This is The Bee, and you're listening to Labor and Love. Let's see, right around 11 o'clock, huh? Uh, I want to talk about a few things. We'll take a break here. And uh, we've got word about a strike by elves at the North Pole. Uh, on a more serious note, the new House Labor Committee chair questions the need for unions at all. Yeah, what the hell? We, we don't need unions. We got to fix the Electoral College one. And this is a good one. We'll, we'll lead off with labor notes, right? Now, well, let's just take a break. Um, okay. Let's see. How about... get the albatross
Okay, we're back now. Back live. Uh, this is the Labor and Love Show, your weekly labor magazine. Words by, for, and about teachers. Words by, for, and about all workers. Labor past, labor present, and labor future. I was uh, reading a a story about people going on strike at uh, Moscone Center here in San Francisco and how when the whole work structure fell apart and the workers were so angry that they stopped working, all of a sudden you felt like you were free, that your future wasn't determined, right? future wasn't determined. Okay, so um, that's how it is. That's how, you know, you're, but your future's not determined. All of a sudden, you're out, you know? You're, uh, future is not determined. I mean, all of a sudden, maybe you won't go to work the next day. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you might, you know, be meeting, you know, a spontaneous meeting or ad hoc meetings to determine your life and your future in the next few days or the next few weeks. And it's a tremendously liberating feeling. I'll I'll bring... Bring the story and read it. So this is Labor Notes and Corporate Welfare. President-elect Donald Trump achieved something extraordinary when he cut that recent deal with Carrier United Technologies. Not the jobs. I'm talking about the torrent of outrage he triggered regarding public subsidies for big business. In exchange for retaining... Upwards of 800 jobs at its Indianapolis facility, Carrier will reportedly receive $7 million in tax credits from the state of Indiana. We talked about this last week. Anybody could have done that. What happened to our uh, Superman negotiator? Trump has set a dangerous precedent that companies can easily shake down taxpayers with the mere threat of outsourcing jobs. An awful idea. Even Sarah Palin called it crony capitalism. That is all true, but there's one problem. Corporate welfare has been a bipartisan boondoggle for decades. These tax giveaways have largely benefited hugely profitable companies like Carrier, at the expense of workers in their communities. They haven't garnered much media scrutiny until now. Corporate watchdog Good Jobs First had recorded hundreds of mega deals like the $5.6 billion that New York State gave Alcoa or the nearly $9 billion that Boeing extracted from the Washington State Legislature. 
These colossal packages carry with, with them an average cost per job of nearly $500,000. So Trump's carrier contract at about $9,000 per job is a comparative bargain. Missouri's incentive program initiated in 2005 promised some 46,000 jobs, but only 7,100 had materialized seven years later. The state nonetheless doubled down and committed to a record $629 million in tax cuts. Missouri's economic strategy is this. Listen to pitch from guys in suits. Give them money. Promise jobs. Say nothing when jobs don't appear. Okay, crony capitalism. And um, let's see, there was another story from, uh, oh, the North Pole Elf. This is from Labor Notes as well. And the headline is North Pole Elves Call Boycott Over Toy Workshop Offshoring. Another holiday is shaping up at the North Pole where elves, reindeer, and candy stripers local 1224 has locked antlers with Santa Claus in a mid-contract in mid-contract negotiations. Claus is threatening to offshore workshop and freight jobs to Antarctica. Ho, 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 don't turn us into the snow, chanted picketers this morning. Decked out in Troublemakers Union hoodies, t-shirts, and beanie hats. Don't buy Santa's lies, urged Chief Steward Cindy Luhu. Until he comes to his senses, we're asking everyone to take your holiday shopping elsewhere. Last year, the the Elves' feisty contract campaign culminated when members occupied Santa's workshop. The union won a resounding victory, staving off Claus's demands for confection concessions, reindeer, two-tier, and the controversial seize-you-when-you're-sleeping electronic surveillance program. Okay. North Pole it's on labor notes. How about some music? A lot of talk lately. Angela Davis. And that enemy is the immigrant. 
not accidental, I don't think, that as this rhetoric, this anti-crime rhetoric developed, as the anti-welfare rhetoric developed, an anti-immigrant rhetoric also developed. You know, keep the borders closed, prevent the... And you see, it's interesting, it's not just a question of preventing people from other countries from coming to the U.S. and trying to establish a life here. Um, it's a question of presenting certain kinds of people, people from certain countries, people from third world countries, people from Central America, people from Asia. I, I read a study that indicated that actually the, uh, the, the largest number of illegal, quote, illegal immigrants come from European countries. But no one ever considers the possibility that a white person could be an illegal. I mean, I know quite a number of illegal people you know, from places like uh, Britain and France who come in on student visas and decide to stay. And they don't even feel threatened. I mean, it's interesting. They are not even afraid of the INS. Whereas people who are, quote, legal citizens, but who look as if they might come from another country, fear what the INS might do to them, or that if they don't have their ID with them, that they might get deported. So isn't it interesting that in all three of these um, examples that I've given, the figures are clearly racialized figures. And I think that there's a structural connection between the demonization of the immigrant and the criminalization of populations of color in this country. And let me give you just a sense of, of how I would try to make those connections. I said I, I might uh, say a few words about uh, capitalism, or, or did I? Well, I alluded to the fact that even though I'm no longer a member of the Communist Party, I'm still very much committed to um, um, democratic socialism and to finding ways to challenge a capitalist system which has probably uh, an, an even vaster impact on our lives, on our daily lives than ever before. Because we're talking about capitalism in the age of globalization, right? We're talking about global capitalism. We're talking about transnational capitalism. What we are witnessing is the development of a um, circuit of corporations that belong to no particular nation state that do not 
that are not expected to respect the laws of any given nation state, that move across borders at will in search, in perpetual search of what? More profits. When the people leave, the leaders they will have to follow. I grew up in New Mexico. Everybody got involved uh, in terms of politics. So you were supposed to be of service to others. I think part of that is the Catholicism, uh, but also you're not supposed to want to get any type of uh, recompense when you help people. You do it because they need help. I had been teaching school and seeing a lot of the children that were in my classroom, they were the children of farm workers. And they would come to school with their raggedy shoes and their little bones sticking out of their t-shirts. And um, I thought that was so wrong. And I just remember uh, just being so upset about that. So when I was supposed to report for my orientation to continue teaching, I decided not to do it. And that was a big step for me because, you know, had had a family that I had to support. And here I am going to go start organizing farm workers for no money with all these children. And I remember just sitting there thinking about this, thinking about this. But in so many ways, you know, how you have your little committee in your head, this is such a foolish thing to do. How are you going to run off, like join the circus with your seven children and, and, and not know where your next meal is going to be coming from, where their next meal is going to be coming from? Uh, how can you possibly do this? And of course, but I just remember I've got to do this and I did it. Now, speaking at The Hague today at a conference on Internet freedom, co-hosted by Google, U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton called it an urgent task to preserve civil liberties online. Drawing on examples from the Arab Spring, revolutions in Egypt and Tunisia, she expressed the important role that social media played. And also, the um, This is an interview with uh, Aaron Schwartz. Let's see if we got this now. Now, um, I think that that's a good point, right? And a lot of people out there have brought up that surveillance technology, who you're selling. Now, selling it to needs to be looked at. But if you're selling it to any government, I mean, sell it to the U.S. government, what's to say that any government won't use it in the same way? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the interesting quote she said was, you can be sure it will be used to abuse people's rights. Well, that's true, not just if you sell it to Gaddafi. It's very clear that this technology has been developed, not for small countries overseas, but right here for use in the United States by the U.S. government, which we know through laws and interpretations of these laws that the government won't even make public has been used to trample civil liberties, massive secret spying, all sorts of things that would not be approved by courts or judges were they to be public and so instead are being done behind closed doors, you don't see anybody saying that this technology should not be sold to some of the people who abuse it most right here at home. Well, actually, I think that she ended up making a statement that was uh, sounded pretty damning after that. So let's listen to one more thing that she said. 
governments have you know, never met a voice or public sphere they didn't want to control. More government control will further constrict what people in repressive environments can do online. So basically, she just admitted that every government wants to control. That's what governments do uh, when it comes to their people. But it's interesting to see her, you know, talk about private businesses uh, because that's not something that you really hear often, or at least that's something that a lot of people here in the U.S. don't like, right? You don't—they don't want the government telling private industry what to do. So, do you think that it's something that's becoming specific to the internet and to technology? I mean, we don't really hear a whole lot of government interference when it comes to oil companies or you know, uh, getting going for diamonds or uh, you know companies that use sweatshops around the world? Well, I think there's a crucial difference, which is that people in the United States are exporting technology which is used by other countries to harm the populations of those countries. And so we do have various export regimes around exporting missiles and weapons technology to other countries. And so a lot of people have suggested we should at least have similar sorts of rules for exporting surveillance technology. Maybe it wouldn't be banned. Maybe you know there wouldn't be regulation about the surveillance technology. But at the very least, if you're knowingly exporting it to a government that you know is going to use it to crack down on their population, maybe that should be prohibited. All right, now, um, speaking of that, too, and this isn't necessarily a, a kind of technology, but so we've heard a lot about how in, uh, in Tunisia and Egypt and other countries in the Middle East, we saw them shutting down communications uh, as the Arab Spring has been going on. We've covered before on this show how the BART uh, system in San Francisco did the exact same thing. They just approved new rules saying that they're going to have the ability to do that, to shut off cell service. And now the FCC is even looking at making that a national rule. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, as you know, it's very easy to go to other countries and criticize them. It's a lot harder to look at your own country and point out what's wrong here. But it's ironic that Hillary Clinton is giving this speech this week when just in a couple days, the U.S. House of Representatives is expected to vote on the infamous bill that I've been on the show talking about many times that would allow the government to shut off websites here at home and censor them from American users. So yeah, there's you know not just the FCC, but actually the U.S. Congress is planning to vote on this bill. And despite a million people around the world trying to get Hillary Clinton to speak out against it, she's remained silent. And uh, we're actually going to be mentioning a few more details. This is something that the uh, Protect IP Act, SOPA, we've been talking about all the time on the show. And we have more about it coming up in our tool time, too. And I also just want to get your take on this WikiLeaks over secrecy kind of thing. And we saw the exact same thing with the Pentagon Papers, right? They just got declassified about 40 years after the Pentagon Papers were out there and the papers were writing about them. So what do you think it is? Uh, where does the thought process come from that even though papers are out there or documents are out there on the internet for everyone to see you still keep them classified technically. I think your point is right. It's really revealing to see what they withhold. You know, with the Pentagon Papers, just this year they were finally released. And even then, they wanted to withhold 12 words, which they thought were still too secret for the American public to know. But I, I think a lot of it just comes down to the fact the people at the State Department don't really seem to understand what the internet is. I remember after the WikiLeaks documents came out, they held this big press conference where the spokesperson for the State Department got up there and said, WikiLeaks needs to return this classified material, and the crime is ongoing until they do. And all the journalists just laughed and were like, how can they return the material? It's up on the internet. Apparently, people in the government don't seem to understand what that means. Oh, which is, I guess, why we should be all the more worried that they're legislating based on these things. Uh, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for having me again. Okay, that was um, Aaron Schwartz 
uh, on a very important issue that kind of got forgotten uh, during the the campaign, 18 months or whatever, how long it was, is the surveillance state. The fact that privacy, a lot of people now consider privacy kind of a, an old concept, you know, that's not realistic, that's not in tune with modern life. Uh, 1984, one of the things they took away was privacy. To get your head on and uh, control your own time. This is uh, what we think of uh, some of the people who are joining the uh, government. This is the great Lydia Mendoza. No tiene 
And that was uh, Lydia Mendoza, the queen of the uh, border work camps. The Lark of the Border, La Aldronda de la Frontera. She was born in Houston and learned to play from her grandmother and mother as part of a family group. Um, 1934 recorded, she came to the attention of Manuel J. Cortez, pioneer Mexican-American radio broadcasting. And that song that we just heard, Malombre, became an overnight success and led to an intensive schedule of touring and recording. Uh, she continued performing until a stroke in 1988 slowed her down. Many of her recordings are still available, including those issued by DLB Records and our Huli Records. <clears throat> Lydia Mendoza died of uh, died in 2007 on December 20th. The Lark of the Border. Okay, new house. Let's just grab the rest of it here. It's about we've got to get going out of here. The incoming chair of the congressional panel that oversees labor issues on Monday, questioned the need for unions and said she wants to repeal Obama administration labor policies. Organized labor has sort of lost its reason for being, she said, because of the many laws that in place that protect workers, said Representative Virginia Fox, a 73-year-old Republican from North Carolina, who will become chair of the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Education and the Workforce. Labor unions have already been wary about how they will fare under the incoming administration of Donald Trump. AFL-CIO spokesman Eric Hauser pushed back against Fox's comments, saying that a thriving labor movement and a strong union presence has never been more important in the light of the economic tumult in the United States. Okay. We've got the Fix the Electrical College. I'm going to look at this Daily Cause story that says uh, the biggest scandal in U.S. history. that we're still not talking about. $8.5 trillion. Let's see. Um, Where is the demand for accountability? What is the first question to any candidate for president? Not, what do you do about the massive fraud and waste at the Pentagon? Where are the hearings, the indictments that are warranted when a sum equal to half of our national debt can be sent to the Pentagon to never be accounted for?
We progressives need to work this scandal into every political con conversation. Known Pentagon waste, like the $1.5 trillion F-35 with missing Pentagon money, and you have a good chunk of our entire national debt representative. What's that? Body cameras for all cops will be too expensive? How about we find one ten-thousandth of the money we sent to the Pentagon? Oh, really? There's $500 million in provable food stamp fraud going to poor people? How about the $8.5 trillion the Pentagon can't account for? Oh, really? You think Obama and Kara is going to cost us almost a trillion dollars over 15 years? How about the $8.5 trillion that just disappeared into the ether at the Pentagon? What, what's your take on that? You're concerned about deficit spending? One-third of the national debt is money we sent to the Pentagon, and they can't tell us where it went. College for everybody will cost too much? You must be really pissed at the $8.5 trillion, with a T, dollars the Pentagon sent and can't tell us where it went. Okay, the biggest scandal in U.S. history. Um, we got labor notes. That was, uh, let's see what that was. That was, yeah, Daily Kos. Daily Kos, K-O-S. The biggest scandal in U.S. history, and we're still not addressing it. Okay. Let's play another song here. Hazel Dickens. Are they going to make us outlaws again? <laughs> Good luck.
it right. Are they gonna make us outlaws again? Is that what it's coming to, my friend? Well, I think I know why pretty boy Floyd done things he did. Are they gonna make us outlaws again? Are they gonna make us outlaws again? That's about it today for the Labor and Love Show. This is the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan, wishing you good week and good work. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. Remember that if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And please never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. No root, no fruit. Get rid of the millionaire. And you get rid of the bum. Bye-bye, everybody. Call out to everybody. Vita. Zolia. The whole crew. Zolina. Vita. Kiki. Nepo. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good week. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Thank you.
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, 
theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. You know, I feel so lucky. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy. And this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at Podcasts. PCRcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! Yeah, I got it. You 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 got it
dog? You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dog? 